Hi, I'm Kara, life coach, wife, and mom to four incredible and unique children. It wasn't all that long ago that my son received a diagnosis that had my world come crashing down. I lacked the ability to see past the circumstances, which felt impossible, and the dreams I once had for my life and family felt destroyed. Fast forward past many years of surviving and not at all thriving, and you'll see a mom who trusts that she can handle anything that comes her way and has access to the power and confidence that once felt so lacking. I created the Special Needs Mom podcast to create connection and community with moms who find themselves feeling trapped and with no one who really understands. My intention is to spark the flare of possibility in your own life and rekindle your ability to dream. This isn't a podcast about your special needs child. This is a podcast about you. If you are a mom who feels anxious, alone, or stuck, then you are in the right place. Welcome. Hello, and welcome back to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. Let's talk about today's episode. We're talking about a concept that it's going to require a little bit of like more philosophical thinking today, but work with me. And so this might not be one to, to listen to when you have like your kids screaming in the background. It might be one where like walking or you may be doing the dishes and you can kind of really think through it. And so I'm going to slow it all down. I'm going to really give good illustrations so that I can uh, articulate well this concept. But we're going to be talking about when we are wrong and not like, oh, I was wrong to call you that. Like I did something wrong. Like when our thoughts and predictions make mistakes. We can also call them thought errors. And so I want you to listen really hard, really pay attention. If you've ever thought about doing something or joining something or calling a therapist or joining a support group, or maybe even like joining Being Mom Together, the group coaching program that I host, this is for you. Because likely you are inside some thought errors that has you staying where you are or preferring to stay where you are instead of stepping into the new. So I'm going to break it down to show you why and clearly encourage you to reevaluate those thoughts and to kind of learn to question yourself. So on my little note paper here, I wrote a little formula. And you know, you remember that little greater than less than sign in math, right? Like the little alligator. I still use the alligator trick. Just have it eat the bigger one. <laughs> and so the formula I have is on the left side, it says the discomfort of what is, and then the alligator eating the next thing um, is less than, I think that's what it is. I always got that mixed up too. So it's less than the discomfort of something new. So this is kind of what I came up with to kind of illustrate this point. So I'm going to repeat it. The discomfort of what is, is less than the discomfort of something new. So what I'm saying here is from a simplistic brain preference, the way that your primal brain works, this is not your frontal lobe. Your frontal lobe doesn't work like this. This is the other parts of your brain that are all doing their thing in automatic. So familiar is what's always preferred. Why? Because if it has 
a familiarity, usually it's either been seen before or it's been done before, then your brain has a lot of data that's concrete or it feels very sure to predict what's going to happen. So it has a very high level of certainty. And so certainty for your brain is safe and your brain likes safe. So that's why I'm saying this little formula, the discomfort of what is, right, wherever you're at now, and that can mean a lot of different things, I'm going to break it down later, is likely going to be preferred, very likely, than the discomfort or the perceived discomfort of something new. And so, like I said, in summary, what is familiar is always preferred. Comfort is also always preferred. Risk is less desirable than certainty. And right, if you think about the concept of new, it literally means something that hasn't been done before, hasn't been seen before. It's going to inherently be more risky. And so if your brain loves this idea of certainty, then any sort of risk is going to be perceived less desirable. And so here's when it gets really interesting. Even if what is familiar is much less desirable, like the idea of maybe you find yourself in a situation where you feel tired, you feel alone, you feel stuck, you feel trapped, you feel anxious. And clearly that's not desirable, but it's familiar. And if you've hesitated on stepping beyond that, whether it means like reading a book, whether it means calling a friend and sharing with them, whether it means joining a coaching program, then you're going to recognize, oh, wow, like I do have a lot of resistance when it comes to stepping into something new. Or even like stepping out and saying, oh, I'm going to change the situation that I have now. Right, which is kind of a little bit of like a mind twister. You're like, wait, I actually don't like where I'm at. Why wouldn't I want to change it? Well, the answer is, it's because your brain's like, I'm good, thanks. I don't want to do anything new. I'm very comfortable being miserable, but very alive because I know what's happening. Okay, so I want to give you some examples of the idea that like special needs moms, I think this is really kind of, I've been thinking about this lately. When we become special needs moms, all of a sudden, there is a learning curve. And even if this learning curve happens over 10 years, there are so many things that we face that most of our peers, our community are not facing. And so therefore, like we're not having a lot of conversations about them. And so I think the gradient for them to feel new and unfamiliar is just really, it's, it's high. And so just examples that I've seen recently come up in conversations that I've had is like the idea of hiring in-home nursing care. This one's interesting because it's easy to see that the idea of having more help and support would likely be better, but then there's so much new in it and risk involved because what if you don't like them? What if they make a mistake? What if all these things that you're kind of subjecting yourself to risk versus the certainty of you doing it and suffering through and being exhausted? And so, right, like we haven't done this before and therefore it's very likely to be perceived by you as new and therefore less desirable. Okay, or the idea of like learning how to administer new medications or doing a new kind of therapy. Um, These are all things. And again, they're new. Or this one I think is interesting. Something that I think 
we have not done before, especially these moms, is be able to process the emotional dissonance of fully loving your child and yet also have the grief for the child that you thought would be but is not. Right? So the idea of dissonance is like these two things that don't go together. And we clearly never thought we would be thinking about these things or processing the emotions that are required to process this level of grief. And so you can see how avoiding that, staying in the comfort of numb and avoidance might be preferred from this unquestioned thought error, little bit of a mistake place of your brain. Another example is the picture of your life with your child in your home forever. All you see is what you see now with what it's like in your child home now. That's what you can be familiar with. And so what's uncomfortable or the thing that might be less desirable, the new of it, is actually being able to see the possibility of that not being horrible, of that not being something that strips you of all of your freedom and the things that you had always dreamed for yourself in your life. And so even thinking new thoughts actually are something that I want to suggest are sometimes very new and uncomfortable. And so therefore we avoid them. And then I want to give you a couple examples that are not special needs uh, mom related. They're just kind of human and mom related. One of the examples that came in my mind was the idea of staying 30 pounds heavier than you want to be versus losing it. There's this perceived discomfort of what you'll have to do to lose the pounds. And often that is perceived to be more uncomfortable than the discomfort of living with the extra weight that you don't desire. So in this example, let's just say if you're constantly questioning yourself, why can I not lose this weight? Or why do I keep starting and stopping? Why do I not even try? Well, the answer is because of these unquestioned And I'm going to say thought air kind of thinking that has you thinking that it's more painful or more work to lose the weight than it is to to keep it. So it's really helpful to understand some of the why behind some of the things we do or don't do. And when we understand that, firstly, we can meet ourselves with compassion and recognize, oh, that's what's happening. We don't have to kind of beat ourselves up about this. We can just recognize, oh, okay, of course I'm just trying to stay safe. Like that's a very natural response given a very challenging circumstance that you're in. And so I think that that's the first thing is you're able to then offer yourself some kindness and compassion. Or let's talk about relationships. So this also comes up in relationships. You might have the discomfort of staying quiet to keep the peace, but like being really unhappy about something as more comfortable than saying something and being with the discomfort or the disruption of rocking the boat. So do you see how like some people will fall on different sides of that equation? Some people will say it's way more uncomfortable to not say something than to say something. So they'll say something. And some people will suffer through it. So it's all obviously all of these are very personal and very individualized based on kind of how your brain processes. But I think it's important to recognize this is how they show up. And in oftentimes, this is what's keeping us stuck. 
So I want to introduce you to this concept of this thought error. In all of the cases above, our brains are using one of its favorite techniques, and that is prediction. So it's taking data from the past, so data meaning circumstances, what happened, um, experiences that you've had, and it's applying it to the future to predict. So this is the part where it makes the errors. So if you think about this, if you've never done something before, and your brain's using past data to predict, it literally doesn't have the data to accurately predict what's possible, or even sometimes what's probable. Again, your brain just literally doesn't have the data. It's going on the best it's got, but the best it's got is really, really faulty. You might have heard before that our brains are basically focused on two things, keeping us alive and saving us energy. So it will constantly direct you to do these two things. It really doesn't care if you're happy or not, which is so sad if you think about that. But I want to kind of loop back to the examples I shared earlier. So these equations, they were all based on a perception of what would take the most effort or energy and what would be the most painful. And when I say painful, this can be emotionally or physically. But where the air happens is how much energy it takes to hold down or suppress the emotions. So in the idea of just literally staying where you're at now because the discomfort is familiar, what your brain doesn't calculate in is the energy that it re- is required to suppress or hold in the discomfort of what you're experiencing. And that's kind of where these errors start to happen. These things take a lot of energy. And a lot of us don't even acknowledge how much energy it takes to constantly have these things running in the background. Like, I mean, it's probably an overused example, but we're all familiar with computers. And so we know what it's like when we have a bunch of programs running on our computer and it like lags down the computer and it doesn't really work very well. I want you to consider like when you have these experiences that are not fully supported in your life. So maybe you're feeling really stuck. Maybe you're feeling really, really um, depressed or anxious and all these kind of things. There's roots to those. And you're, again, your brain's perfectly happy with you being there because what it's miscalculating or misrepresenting is how much energy it takes to stay there. What it doesn't see, and it doesn't see it because it's in the future, is what it's like to actually like close the programs on the computer analogy and to like actually process the emotion so that you can live into the experience of stepping into a new experience and letting go of some of those energy consuming and, you know, experiences that really are not what we desire in our life. If you're a longtime listener, you've probably heard me talk about possibility And possibility, this is what's interesting, it's always in the future, right? So we're never talking about what was possible back then. I mean, I guess you could talk about what was possible and think about it. But when we're talking about the possibility of who you want to be or the experience that you want to have, or even what's possible for your child, it is always in the future. So we always have to kind of anticipate that our brain doesn't have the data to pull from 
for what it wants. And it wants to shut down new. So it's going to constantly be trying to pull you back and to stop you doing new and unfamiliar actions and having new and unfamiliar thoughts and, you know, kind of stepping out into anything that it perceives as unsafe. And again, new is clearly considered unsafe. So I just want to say, like, it can feel very scary to step into possibility. I have the experience where even dreaming about some things in the future, for me, I have found that that feels uncomfortable, even just thinking about it. And I noticed I had this high degree of resistance toward thinking about the future or even dreaming up some dreams I have. And I kind of never understood why I avoided that activity so significantly until I recognized, oh, that's an unfamiliar place. And therefore, I just don't like it. It feels unsettling. And so there's actually kind of a really random example I want to share with you to kind of look at this concept of like staying where you're at versus something new. So stick with my example. We all know gas prices are going up. So this is what's causing us to consider buying a new van. I love my minivan. I have no issues with my minivan, except for it's, I think, a 2017, uh, 16, I don't know. And so therefore, it's not a hybrid. And we're comparing the fuel prices and the potential of having a hybrid. My husband bedazzled me with an Excel spreadsheet. And the math looks as though it will be less costly financially to get a new car, which kind of blows my mind, actually. That's a side note. But here's what's really interesting. So mathematically, we looked at all the different things and I'm looking at it as there's a staying with the current van equals that we're going to, you know, pay a little bit more in gas, obviously, and potentially have uh, more repairs because, you know, it has more miles on it and all that. It's getting older. And the new car even though it's very predictable that the gas is going to be cheaper. But the risk is, for me, it's like if the gas prices don't go up like we are expecting, then it won't necessarily, the math won't maintain. But here's what's interesting. So I can kind of look at these things and in in the van, the new van is a clear winner. But my brain is like, no, no, no. It's safer to stay with your current van, you're happy with it. What if this? What if that? What if gas prices don't go up? What if, I don't know, I have all these excuses for like why it might be a bad idea or because it feels a little bit more risky. But when I go back to the Excel spreadsheet, the math actually allows me to recognize that I am just more comfortable with what I currently have and know, which I think is really, really fascinating. So hopefully that helps illustrate this point here. I had a lot of fun putting together this episode and it was one of those things where I kind of had the concept and I just started streaming my thoughts about it and I kind of impressed myself with, with how much was there to talk about. And speaking of talking about, I actually created this place called the Special Needs Moms Community to have conversations So, you know, obviously stemming from this podcast, we would talk about like, okay, like where is it that you might be avoiding stepping into something new based on this concept of maybe there's a thought error. 
And so I would love to see you over there. It's a very welcome community. The people in my community, oh my God, I love them so much. I get off of my my group coaching calls and I'm just like, I love, love these women. They are all so unique and have very different situations, yet I'm just in awe of all of them and feel so, uh, I don't know, like lucky to know them. So come over and join us on the community and be a part of it. Okay, as we wrap up, I want to give you a way to kind of apply this. And I want to kind of equip you to start to question yourself to help determine when you might be making one of these thought errors. And if you are into the coaching world at all, you might know the name Katie Byron. She's like the grandmother of all coaching. She's a pretty remarkable woman, actually. And so she has a lot of um, very simple yet very powerful questions. And I want to just give you two of them. So one of her questions, really in any circumstance, is the question, is that true? And so depending on yes or no, then you can go and say, okay, can you absolutely know that that's true? And it just helps you kind of break things down and to learn to question yourself. So in my case, with the silly example with my minivan, I get to recognize, okay, is that true that you should stay where you're at because it's familiar or it might feel safer because it's familiar, then can you absolutely know that that's true? So it just helps us kind of learn to see when we're stopping short of stepping forward and really kind of recognize that saying yes to something can actually offer and create relief, connection, and ultimately what I see for you is a restoration of you. And so I hope this conversation was as thought-provoking as it was for me as I created it for you. And like I mentioned, let's go talk about it over at the community. We will see you on the next episode.